Podcast. Yep, but my two favorites are the Gibson SG and probably the Fender Telecaster. I love, I love me a Telecaster. And the SG is the ACDC one, right? With a little yeah. horn. Yep. Yeah, that's but I also fun. really love um, the Gibson uh, E335, which is the one that kind of looks a little bit bigger, has a hollow body. I love that guitar. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be super, super interesting to 10% of our audience, right? Like, because I just think of a guitar as, and eh, never mind. Red my, ones, my favorite thing ones. is, Timmy, you're like, hey, give me an answer to this question. Wow, that was boring. Our audience <laughs> is going to hate that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, sometimes, nice work, Captain. <laughs> sometimes I ask bad questions, and sometimes you guys get bad answers. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. What is that going down this uh my life? Is my life a highway? It what must be tumbleweed. At? It is tumbleweed. tumbleweed. Thank you, Ben West, Jeff Simons. Come on. I forgot. I forgot. Ben, you forgot where we were going. Wow, it is But Life is a Highway is kind of a southwesty song because uh, of cars, isn't it? That is not gonna be our arrival song, but yeah, lovely. Maybe I should have gone to the car soundtrack. For this particular tumbleweed is actually more of a Texas thing. I don't remember much of that in the Southwest. Yeah. You are our resident Southwest expert among the three of us there. Uh, That's Benjamin. right. I've actually I lived in the Southwest for two years. Yeah, were you although I mean Timmy was in Vegas? If you count Vegas as the Southwest, then he he obviously gets some some credit. Vegas is the Southwest, but Vegas is off limits for this particular episode. We are 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys on the Electrocast Podcast Network. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. You can connect with us through Facebook. And do us a favor and leave us a review. Uh, by the way, we're going to be reading our latest review in a little bit uh, when we head down to the torture basement. But before oh, we get there, I have a quick question for you, Jeff. A quick question for you, Ben. When was the last concert you've been to and who did you see? Uh, I think the last one I saw was uh, uh, Trey Anastasio at the Greek Theater with my buddy Adam Wiseman. Woo! What'd you think? It was fine. Oh. It was good. No, he's good. He's fine. It's great. It's just, you know, it's it's fine. It was <laughs> like a really good hour concert in two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, but I had incredible company. The guys I went with were so fun, and we had an amazing dinner at Berkeley beforehand. So by the time I got to the show, the night was gravy. So all right, Ben Barton, what do you got? Um, so one, it depends how you count it. Okay, I've been to open mic night at Geezer's Bar on multiple occasions what? recently to see my dad sing along. Bill work his magic at Geezer's, um, and then New Year's Eve. Geezer's? Oh. That's the name of the bar for sure. Okay. And he fits right in. <laughs> I was going to say, some typecasting right there. 
Uh, New Year's Eve, the girls and I in India at the uh, Fontainebleau Hotel right there in Miami Beach around the poolside. Uh-huh. We saw Khalid and DJ Marshmallow. So that oh, was nice. Yeah. Was that fun? It was more fun to describe than actually sit through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I asked this question because I went to a concert last night. Uh, you oh, know, you I, was, I was coaching volleyball from 730 to 930, then jumped in the car and uh, made it over to Salvage Station here in Asheville to see friend of the podcast, G-Love, playing, nice. with, playing with Donovan Frankenreiter. Oh, I like Donovan Frankenreiter. Yeah. That guy can play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. He's also got a really cool mustache. Uh, Um, We, the Rich Price Band and Donovan Frankenreiter were playing all the same places for the summer I was in the van with Rich. Like he was like the guy right before or right after us at like seven tour stops. So never met him, but we were sure aware of him. Okay, well, they they were great together. It was a super fun concert. Uh, he played uh, My Baby's Got Sauce, and I went absolutely nuts. Um, that line uh, from Wilco's Heavy Metal Drummer always comes back to me at concerts. Uh, unlock my body. And move myself to dance. Yeah, so, yeah that is... All of a sudden, yeah. like, I love you have the, the other great line about dancing is I can't remember what comedian, but the comedian is like, it's so uncomfortable to watch the moment when white people consciously begin to dance <laughs> when they just decide to start dancing. <laughs> yeah. That's that line That's is, the, is the poetic version that of that reality. Yeah. 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 I would not like to see video of of me at that moment. Like, all right, let's go. Well, uh, anybody who's listening in the Bay Area, the next concert I will attend is my own. I'm playing uh, the Hot Monk Tavern in Nevada is with a full band opening for friend of the pod and dear friend of mine, Megan Slankard. So if you're oh. in the Bay Area on Saturday, February 18th, come to the Hot Monk and get there early because I'm the opening act. But wish, we'll be a good time. Wow. Wish we could be there. Uh, but oh, is, you are always there in spirit, my friends. My you are goal. the straw that my, stirs my drink. <laughs> <laughs> my goal for 2023 is uh, for us to get together at some point. And if I can't see a show, uh, I'll just have you break out your guitar uh, when we're together. Sounds good. Uh, all right. I also we want have- to say that da- daughter of the podcast, B. Simons, recorded her first demo last night. Come on. Nice. Yeah. A little, little ditty called Hey Now, which I'm Let's very. Um, hey That's Now. Right. Hey, here Now. Hey Now. You got to know now. It's time for you to go. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> I want to play it. I want to play it at some point on this podcast. All right. Uh, Sounds good. World debut. Well, we are arriving here in the Southwest. We'll define that geographically for you in just a second. But let's play our arrival song first. I'm going to let you guys pick the arrival song because I have two and I just I'm just having a hard time. Like, what is my mood when I arrive in the Southwest? Is it by the time I get to Arizona by public enemy starting at one minute and 53 seconds or Jeff Simons? Is it the Rolling Stones version of Route 66? 
starting at 40 seconds. And I can't believe you're not giving us take it easy by the Eagles. I, I had that locked in. I thought for sure. For our rival? No, absolutely not. No. I mean, Ben does make a point that if the three of us are arriving someplace, that's more likely to be the general state of mind. <laughs> yeah, man, let's do the let's do Route 66. That one's fantastic. I love it. 40 seconds? Yeah. All right, coming up. This this pause is brought to you by an old man who can't see very good <laughs> without his glasses. Well, it winds from Chicago to L.A. For the two thousand miles all the way. I get your kicks. I'm Route 66. Where it goes from St. Louis down to Missouri. Oklahoma City looks look so pretty, you'll see. What year did they record that, Ben? 63. Correct. Dang. I mean, they'd recorded that before they knew what in the hell a Gallup, New Mexico was. I like the idea of him, like, reading those lyrics and like, I wonder what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Uh, All right. Well, let's. uh... I mean, obviously, the original uh, Chuck Berry one's unbelievable, too. Uh, I had a Chuck Berry moment last night. What was it? What you got? I was uh, trying to describe my great joy at seeing something that I loved. And I said, I'm like a one-eyed cat peeping in a seafood store. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Uh, All right. The Southwest. Um, We're talking New Mexico and Arizona for sure. But maybe we're also talking West Texas, Southern Colorado, Southern Utah parts of nevada parts of california uh what we're going to do is we're going to play a little geography game now i know jeff simons has struggled with this in the past but we've localized it jeff and uh i am going to say the name of a city or town and you guys are going to name the state the city or town is in are you ready great and we're working together i love it i like the teamwork no 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 this is you guys no, can... Ben, it's time to curb stop me in geometry again. Let's do this. <laughs> Albuquerque. New Mexico. New Mexico. Durango. Colorado. Lubbock. Texas. Texas. Tucson. Arizona. Arizona. I have it as three nothing right now. Amarillo. Texas. Texas. Flagstaff. Arizona. Arizona. Okay, it's five nothing. Ben's getting killed. Truth or consequences? That's New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico. I'm on a lag. I'm on a lag. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm the home me. internet. I'm at work. I've got like the full five <laughs> megabyte stream. I'm gonna kill him at this. <laughs> Ben's picture is all fuzzy and everything. Exactly. Ben's two questions behind. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. Tough, tough times, tough times. Uh, I was sure right. Bullhead City was going to be one of your choices, by the way. I'm disappointed. I always like the name of that one. Well, out of all the towns or cities I've named, uh, how many of you all been to? 
Like I've been Albuquerque. a bunch of those. We've been to Albuquerque. Anyone yep. been to Durango? Yep. Amarillo? Yep. I've been there. Flagstaff? Yeah. I've definitely been there. Yeah. Truth or consequences? I've been there. Yeah, I've been there too. Wow. So we've all been to these places here in the Southwest, and and two of us have been to Winslow, but not Jeff. That's a shame. I have not been to Winslow. You've been to Winslow longer than either one of us, I think. But was that uh, where you flipped your Jeep? No, I flipped my Jeep in Flagstaff. Oh, okay. That was that was rough. That was rough. But you can't make a tape for someone and interrupt the song at the end of side one and just pick it up from there at the beginning of side two. I will not stand for that. I tried to then eject the tape and get a new one. And that's when um, I lost control of the Jeep. <laughs> that's a tough story. It really is. What was really tough was being upside down on the side of the highway. My brother and I, uh, my brother's bleeding from the forehead and the gas is pouring down inside the Jeep. And, um, and, and there's Will Smith saying, getting jiggy with it. I mean, it's a very, <laughs> so anytime I hear that song, it's like acid fills my mouth. I'm like, Oh my gosh. That's stressful. Oh, that really is awful. Like I'm going to lose consciousness in a burning vehicle to Will Smith's getting jiggy with it. That's tough. Awful, awful, awful times. All right. Well, let's get down to the uh, torture basement because I have put together a compilation that you would not believe. And this is when I will take a moment to read our latest review so that you guys can understand my state of mind when I made this particular compilation. The latest review. Uh, comes to us. Oh, there's no identity to it. Sorry. The person gave us five stars, which is super nice. The title is Great Show, but take off the gloves. Whoa. Love the show, guys. I especially love that compilation portion and really appreciate all the work Tim put into it. He's great. However, he's been way too nice as of late. Jeff and Ben have complained so that now the thing's so easy, it's like they're playing on a seven-foot rim. It's time for Tim to take off the gloves and really let them have it. No more Mr. Nice Host. Woo! All right. Okay. By the way, Jeff, you see how he communicates with us? He writes yeah. his own comments on a know, and then reads them to us. I know. I know. And There's you know, no Tim, way that... I, I wasn't sure it was you until it said Tim is great. Then I was like, well, that's, I mean. <laughs> no, I knew it was no seven other. foot rim. Tim knows that that's the, at my best. That's the only one I could get. He's I, like a little signifying seven foot rim joke in there too. I will not even dignify the accusation. <laughs> with um, All right. Our, so this is going to kill us is what you're saying. This is going to kill you. This is uh 16. You got to get 13 out of 16. Welcome oh to the torture basement. Hit it. All right, you ready, big man? Yep.
making it so unbelievably shitty sounding that we can't <laughs> tell if it's a song or not. Yeah. What that, is the matter with you? I told Did you. you make that on two boom boxes in your 1978 basement? I <laughs> opened up to you earlier about my computer trouble and the new case. Anyways, let's There's not... a song in there that sounds like this. <laughs> That's a product of the artist. That's not me. Jesus. All right. Um, oh, I, I hate to let's subject ourselves to it a second time, but let's cut the second playing for our poor audience. Like, there's what? no way anybody should have to sit through that again. All right, done and All done. Right. Can we have another? Where are we? Everyone, we're going to take another pass offline and we'll be right back. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. All right, that is uh, that is a compilation. Let's go. Can you get what did I say? Thirteen out of sixteen. I don't. I mean, I think I've got eleven. So unless Ben's got a few magic. Numbers were in big trouble. Number I don't know who that first dipshit is. I have is, a good but... guess. I don't know if it's right, but I think it's Chris Stapleton. Oh, phew. It is Sturgill Simpson. Oh, oh we should have gotten that, actually. I, I do not I like that song at all. Something. That's annoying. That's annoying because I don't dislike Sturgill Simpson, but I really thought that that sucked for four seconds. So. Okay. Uh, Second, so... I think that's ZZ Top. Holy shit. <laughs> it is ZZ Top. Dang what it. ZZ Top record is that from? That sounds awful. Is it from like four albums after Eliminator? 
It is, that is uh, horrendous. It is Layla or Leela by ZZ Top. Uh, I don't know what album. I'm sorry. All wow. right. Those What's poor guys. Number three. Ben? No idea. I think it's Iron and Wine. Iron and Wine is correct. Dang it. All right. Then and Eagles and Glenn Campbell are the next two. Uh, ben, you got this next one. Natalie Merchant? It is indeed. Oh, uh, way to that, go, buddy. That Thousand Maniacs, that first album, I think it was The Painted Desert was the last song on that first album. Good uh, Lord, great pull. Ben, what's then next? Then we got The Beatles. Then we got Steve Martin. Then we got Bruce Springsteen. And then I believe that's Depeche Mode doing Route 66. And I was going to re request that you give me the artist uh, and not just the song title. And you are correct. It is indeed Depeche Mode. And then we've got the thing that sounds like Satan trying to learn how to play guitar. And I have no idea what that is. Um, <laughs> any guess, Ben? No idea. I mean, I couldn't hear in the lyrics. I never heard. It, it sounds like nothing, Tim. Sounds like nothing. Uh, that is your Arizona room. Uh, that was the lyric that was uh, hard to decipher. It's by Everclear. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that one. Um, and then this uh, next one is what Billy Joel wishes he was allowed to sound like, but he won't let him sound like that. So he tries to be a rock and roll artist. But I don't know. I don't think that's Billy Joel, but... In Billy Joel's Little Baby Heart, that's what he sounds like. Okay. Yeah. I had uh, Barry Manilow. Is it Barry Manilow? It is not Barry Manilow. It's from a, so it's from a musical. Guess the musical? No. 1776. The musical <laughs> is Newsies. And that is Christian Bale singing. Um, Are you serious? My little sister Teresa is going to be very upset with you guys. It's a classic. She'll just have she'll just have to live with that disappointment. <laughs> uh, ben, I heard uh, no, Jeff. I heard you singing along to this next song, Melissa Etheridge. Right? That is correct. That's ten. We're not going to get it. I don't know who the pop song. I don't know the pop song. We've talked about this song before, I believe, on our podcast. Ben uh, was annoyed with the couple, I believe. No. That is Closer uh, by the Chainsmokers and Halsey. Got well, it. I should have done that. My kids love those guys, man. Um, and then Jen, we got Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms is 11. And the Partridge Family. For number 12. Ooh, let's go. You know, if the Everclear song had been discernible, Ben would have gotten it. That's actually probably true. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm gonna. I might have to. I might have to hold this loss under pro. We might have need a ruling from the commissioner. Yeah, I think uh, we might have to file a protest. I will. Uh, I will call the guys at uh, corporate headquarters and see if they could send me some um, more tech. Fair enough, though. You know what? We missed ones we should have gotten. We should have gotten Sturgill Simpson. We should have gotten Everclear. And we should have gotten Chainsmokers. Uh, the Newsies thing, you're just a jerk. Like, the Newsies thing is just <laughs> stupid. I, mean, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to find a musical uh, each time we do this. Just so. Yeah, they I get you at least minus one before we get started. <laughs> I still can't believe you guys got 1776. Uh, all right. Well, we are, uh, we are on to the favorite daughter of the Southwest. I went through all the acts uh, over the years. 
And I think this person uh, far and away has has sold the most records, not only uh, because of her solo career, but most especially because of her participation in one of the biggest bands in rock history. And we're going to go with her most popular solo song, Hit It. Actually, I had no idea if that was right or not, but that is my favorite Stevie Nicks solo song. So I was playing oh, that no matter what Spotify said. It's got like 333 million plays. I mean, it's yeah, as oh, yeah. well it should. That song's great, man. I love, the girls that, love song. that song. Yeah, it's a Jimmy real... Iovine. What's that? Jimmy Iovine. Oh, did he? Yeah, really? production on that sounds so good. Yeah, so that's good. the same record that uh, he stole Stop Dragging My Heart Around for, for Stevie, too. Yeah, Belladonna's a pretty good record. Yeah, so, I think what, it's Roy Bitten on keys there too. Yep, it is from the E Street Band. What yep. happens with her next two or three albums? Like, who the heck is producing those? Have you not Jimmy Iovine? <laughs> I mean, they are. That's dreadful. what happens. And it and it just it reminds me of all these stories you've told about the the eighties and drums and like so clearly it's like the most artificial drum sound on her next album yeah uh, stand back is the single from the next record which i kind of like too but that record's awful what the wild heart even talking yeah. about the album after that um I, oh, okay yeah i haven't even heard that one i don't think um but it's extraordinary because some of the songs are actually really good if you just give them to a band um uh stevie nicks fans here sure Absolutely. I, I like Fleetwood Mac. I, I like Stevie Nicks' voice. I like a bunch of her solo songs. I liked when they trotted her out on the Tom Petty tour in 2006 and she came out and danced on the side for two songs and then went away. Like, I'm all in for Stevie. Oh, did like... she do Insider? She did the duet. Yeah, she did Insider. And they brought her out to sing backgrounds on um, a couple of the rockers too, like uh, Listen to Her Heart and um, a couple of others. It was fun. Yeah. And stop dragging my heart around is a bang. It's great, great song. Um, and she like she wrote a bunch of those songs, like a bunch of those Fleetwood Mac monster hits or Stevie Nicks compositions. She's not just the witchy woman in the front with the scarves. Like she wrote a bunch of great, great songs for that band. So 
I'm all in for Stevie Nicks. Yeah, let's go. You know, she's currently touring with Billy Joel. Is that? Yeah, I'm probably not going to be that all in to attend that masterpiece of a concert. But I'm glad for her that she's having fun. When I said <laughs> all in, what I meant was, hey, did you guys know that Phoenix has the Musical Instrument Museum? And you can go to this museum and it has musical instruments from all over the world. Uh, they, they, they have a section organized um, by by culture. They have a section organized by time periods. And uh, it sounds like a really interesting museum. I can't wait to go there. And they have a barefoot dude, white dude in a dashiki with a ponytail who takes you through all the percussion instruments. Because if they do, I'm in for that tour for sure. They do have several curators, uh, and I watched some of their videos online. I did not see him, but I'm sure he's outside. He's, the he's either there or he's unofficially welcoming people in the parking lot with his tablas. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> so I decided to Google top 10 most popular instruments. And according to the Top 10's website, which has over 10,000 votes, I have assembled the top 10 musical instruments. And I would like you guys to work together and try to name, let's say, uh, let's say the top five. So people are getting online and they're actually voting and like, this is my favorite instrument. This is my second favorite instrument. What do you think? 10,000 people. What's going to be number one? I'm going to say piano. Me too. So close. It's number two. And number one's guitar. Electric guitar is number one. Good. What's number three? I'm going to say drums. Drums is correct. And you guys are answering at the same time. All right. What is number four? I'm going to say violin. Oh, you think sax? I was going to say violin or cello. It is the bass guitar. Oh, come on. Who... Is this from Bass Guitar Magazine? There's First no of all, freak. Jeff voted 10,000 times. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't even vote for Bass Guitar in the top five. <laughs> what do, what do, you like the Bass Guitar. What do you mean? Not more than the, not more than either. Than I, I don't know. There's a lot of instruments that come before bass. Okay. Number five is the saxophone. Oh, where's violin? Number six is the acoustic guitar. Number seven is violin. Go ahead, round it out. What are the, the, it, the flute? Next, next three, flute is number nine. There you go, Jeff Sardin. Oh, good lord! I mean, right. I'm, the whole list comes under suspicion for flute in the top ten. Sure, hopefully, give me recorder for number ten. <laughs> Xylophone, uh, vibes, you got, marimbas. You've got keyboards at number eight. <laughs> Stupid list. And wait, wait, wait. And the trumpet, classic number 10, rounding. All right, that's a good one. Those are the most I play keyboards. (laughs) I actually wanted them to get more specific. Like, if you guys could name for us top three most popular electric guitars or the ones you would most want to play. Oh, you like the actual guitar itself? Yeah, yeah. Do you have like a go-to... This is my electric guitar. This is my brand or style. Or I think the Fender Stratocaster is probably the best-selling guitar. Wouldn't you say, Jeff? Yep. But my two favorites are the Gibson SG and probably the Fender Telecaster. I love, I love me a Telecaster. 
And the SG is the ACDC one, right? With a little yeah. horn. Yep. Yeah. That's but I also one. really love um, the Gibson uh, E335, which is the one that kind of looks a little bit bigger, has a hollow body. I love that guitar. Well, I mean, that is going to be super, super interesting to 10% of our audience, right? Like, because I just think of a guitar as, and eh, never mind. Red right, ones, my favorite thing is, ones. Timmy, you're like, hey, give me an answer to this question. Wow, that was boring. Our audience <laughs> is going to hate that. <laughs> Great. So, sometimes, nice work, Captain. Sometimes <laughs> I ask bad questions, and sometimes you guys get bad answers. All right. Hey, what guitar did you end up buying for your household? What is the guitar that you tell your kid to turn down? Um, there's, uh, there's an acoustic guitar upstairs and there is an electric guitar upstairs i'm asking about the electric what kind of electric do you have a kind of yellowish that poor kid <laughs> you went to a guitar store and brought him the yellow guitar <laughs> um, i will uh i will text him as we start our next segment and see what he says All right, uh, let's go our three songs or albums or artists <laughs> What do you got for the Southwest, Jeff? I have a band I actually deeply love from uh, Tucson, Arizona. Um, as uh, we've covered on this podcast before, I, I was a little angry punk rocker in high school. And the most important record label in America for angry punk rockers was called SST Records. It was out of Los Angeles. The guys from Black Flag started it. And uh, by the mid 80s, Black Flag and the Minutemen and Husker Du were all recording on the same level label and making one record after another that little angry kids like me uh, played until they were worn out. And uh, the wild card on the label was this band from uh, Tucson called the Meat Puppets. And the Meat Puppets are two brothers, Chris and Kurt, and their friend Derek on drums. They were a trio. They start as a hilariously untalented hardcore punk band their first record uh their first single is called in a car it sounds like it was recorded in one the debut record is almost unlistenable including a just tragic version of tumble and tumble ways but by meat puppets too they started to, to figure something out they had a turns out uh a kurt's a hell of a guitar player and they started to slow some things down uh, and speed some things up. And they started to write some interesting stuff. They can't sing at all. So their songs are great theoretically, but the vocals are so hilariously amateur. Um, but the next record, ooh, 1985, they put out a record called Up on the Sun. And it is the answer to what if a psychedelic jam band toured with punk rock acts. It's not a punk rock record, except that it just is. It's on SST and punk kids are grooving to it. But by this point, the band has grown its hair way down its shoulders. And this music is deeply Southwestern in its spaciousness. And it's uh, it's really intricate and excellently played. They still are not what I would call singers by any stretch, but Up on the Sun and then the follow-up EP called Out My Way are two of my favorite records. Um, I, I still listen to them all the time. Um, the Meat Puppets stayed on SST um, and then switched to a major label, but the major label went out of business. 
and then they lost control of the recordings and then the brothers fell into some pretty severe drug addiction and it was not looking good for these guys and they have kind of wonderfully pulled themselves out of it they are back together they are recording again they played the ivy room where i just played myself recently a couple of months ago um so they're they're back on a very modest level but they're alive and, and happy which is really nice to see um i'm gonna play the title track from up on the sun because it's just a kind of a perfect introduction you're going to hear the kind of like fast noodly guitar of jerry garcia um with kind of a um an, an in no hurry backbeat especially for a for a punk band but you'll hear how open and spacious these guys are um i just i love them i think they're uh i think they're a wonderful weird hybrid of a bunch of different cultures in the best kinds of ways that american art uh can be sometimes so here we go sounded so good yeah it's good stuff they have one big hit in 94 that you might have heard tim do you remember the song backwater yes yeah that's them yeah. that was their kind of like 15 minutes and of course they they were on the nirvana unplugged concert on mtv where kurt uh cobain invited him on to play three songs for me puppets two with him and that that brought them into the zeitgeist for a good 15 minutes. Um, but they got a unique little groove that they got a unique I, little groove. And actually like that song is a little lopey, but like these guys can really, really play. Let me play you 10 seconds of the tr of track two. Okay. it's yeah. a very weird hybrid that song has no vocals but it has a whole whistling section which i really enjoy quite a bit so that is not the selling point but they sound great yeah why did they uh why didn't backwater get them more play well they that was the one record for a major and they had just been on mtv unplugged with nirvana and then kurt tragically passed away remember that that was on a loop for Right. Three months on MTV, right. 10 hours a day. So that the guest turn they did on that gave them some, uh, brought them out of total anonymity. And then they made this one record that was a hit. And then their personal lives kind of consumed them for almost two decades. That's so cool. that's going to be the story of my artist as well. All right, Ben, what do you got? So, first, a little, a, a few notes about the Southwest, the great American Southwest. Um, to start, Glass half full, which is ironic because it's so dry. Um, 
really pretty. And um, growing up in the Northeast, really, really, really unusual. Yeah. Like, it's like, you just, I've never seen any vistas like that. I've never been any place like that. Um, Indy and I lived there for the two years, basically right up until the, uh, my Arl's daughter was born. I was teaching at Arizona State and she was working at the state legislature. And uh, so we traveled all over the Southwest and absolutely loved it. Hiking, just so spectacular and gorgeous. Um, Phoenix, we were in Tempe. And I think I'm going to challenge y'all. I think it's the very best geographic nickname, the Valley of the Sun. Ooh, when you ooh, were there good. in the summertime, there yeah. is a single notable feature about the Valley of the Sun. And it's like the Sauron angry yellow eye just like <laughs> bearing down on you. Uh, so the thing we didn't like is everything's new, brand new. And then, of course, you realize that before air conditioning, there was under no circumstances could a person live there in the summer. Right. Like that was completely unacceptable. Um, I mean, the, the native people basically came down to the valley in the winter and then went up to flag in the summer and came back and forth. And I was like, well, that <laughs> that's a lifestyle you could get used to. But so. <laughs> being, being there in the summer is just completely and utterly unacceptable. Um, and it's a new place where everybody's moved there. Um, and there's a weird, like, libertarian unfriendliness to that. Um, oh. India Cannon is the friendliest, most neighborly person that I know. And the second year that we were there, I, I basically had a job offer there and at Tennessee and a couple other places. And India locked herself out of our apartment or, like, our little rental place. Uh -huh. And she needed a phone. This is before mobile phones. And she realized that she didn't know our neighbors, that she had to go knock on the door and introduce herself and say, hi, I'm your neighbor. I need to borrow your phone. And she was like, we could never live here. This is just not an acceptable place to live. Like, oh. like a, we lived in, it was a really nice little place, but it was like you drove in your garage in the air conditioning, went in, just never saw anybody yep. again. Right. Um, the, I have a less southwestern selection than Jeff, although uh, this guy is actually born in Nogales, uh, Arizona. And it's my guy, Charles Mingus. His dad's in the army. And so he's born on an army base there. Um, and that part is super Southwest. I don't know if anybody else besides me has been in Nogales. It's uh, there's these swaths of things and it's in New Mexico too, where you're like, this is clearly Mexico. <laughs> there's no border here at all like Nogales <laughs> is completely indistinguishable from the little town that's a you know you throw a football and it's on the other side on the other side there for sure um he basically grew up in Watts so it's a little bit of light cheating but I'm going to go ahead and call it out and also it's my understanding that the bass guitar is the fourth most favorite instrument so it's I think it's true. key that we get some you know research bears that out apparently yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a huge gargantuan Mingus fan I put him in, in the top five of, of jazz artists for me. Like, I just absolutely love him and his work. I love the vibe. He's such a weirdo. <laughs> it's like a little pipe and the cigar everywhere. Super, super extra good. Um, this isn't actually my favorite Minga song, but it's a great one because it kind of features the bass at the beginning. Jeff, it's like Roman numeral 2BS. You know that song? From Mingus, 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 Mingus. That's the other thing that makes me really happy. He's got an album where it's just his last name five times. <laughs> It's the leadoff track, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Ooh. 
Mingus, 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 Mingus. Good stuff. It's great. I love what that you, one. It's great. What are your top five? Who are your top five guys? Or oh, my top five jazz people? Yeah. Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go Miles Davis, number one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Thelonious Monk, number two. I'm going to go Herbie Hancock, number three. Then I'm going to go with Mingus. And then now I'm going to have to think about it. So I, you don't have Coltrane in there yet. Yeah. I would put Coltrane oh, Coltrane. Sorry. Great. Now I don't have to think about it. Good job. And then uh, I love all five. That's, if that's not my top five, then Herbie Hancock and Keith Jarrett have to have a fist fight for the fifth spot. But uh, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. Love it. And I mean, it's I'm, we're not jazz bows, but those those artists transcend genre. They're just all those are that's for me. That's the list. I love it. Cool. Well, so that song just kills me. Like he starts out with like a weird slow bass solo, and then he's like, "In case you were wondering what what happens when I get down," and he just <laughs> switches over and starts laying down that groove. Oh, so tasty! And yeah. then the whole band comes in one piece after another. Oh, love it! That horn comes in. I was like, "Hey, now, let's go!" Yeah. Uh all right, gentlemen. Good, good stuff here in the Southwest. I'm going to close it out with uh, the Gin Blossoms. The band I interviewed in 1993 when I was at Northeastern University had a great conversation with Jesse. I think his last name is Valenzuela. I think he's the uh, guitarist. And then I moved out to Tucson um, for three weeks. And I lived with my buddy Joe at the University of Arizona. I told you about these guys, right? They put tinfoil on all their windows and kept the AC at like, 68 degrees and they just smoked dope all the time just bongs everywhere and i lived in this apartment for three weeks after like five days i had no idea what time of day it was or anything like i'd go outside <laughs> i thought it was night it's like 10 in the morning it's 100 degrees out it was it was a strange little vacation in tucson um and the gin blossoms they are a they're a terrible, terribly sad story. Uh, their most popular song was written by one of their guitarists who later gets um, kicked out of the band because of his drug use and self-destructive behavior, Doug Hopkins. And um, and then he's going to kill himself after they get their success uh, later that year in either 90, late 93 or 94. Uh, but I want you to hit us with their big, big hit Jeff Simons. Hey, Jealousy. I just want to ask you a question. Yeah. Who has more monthly listens on Spotify, Charles Mingus or the Gin Blossoms? I would say Charles Mingus. Ben? It's got to be the Gin Blossoms. It's the Gin Blossoms three times as many monthly listens than Charles Mingus. In 2020, the Gin Blossoms are averaging 1.7 monthly listens now in 2023 hey jealousy right is there another song what's the next what's the second most played song oh you don't remember found out about you oh good yeah that's second but no it's it's hey jealousy and here it is in the runaway hit
got a, uh, I've got an edgy side too. I'll drive around. Um, you know what? I just having oh, two reactions oh, to that. I'm sorry, like that's timeout. We need to rethink <laughs> our choices right now. I, I have two immediate reactions. One is like that mid '90s guitar sound uh -huh. is just awful. It's just like it makes my it makes my teeth hurt. Like that metallic scrapey. I think it's like one you mentioned this, and I was like, "Oh, we got to get back to that." I don't think we ever did. So, what is the guitar? I just sound? hate that guitar sound. I mean, like, there's no. It's all. It's like metal without being without cutting through, but it's distorted without being like warm. It's just the worst. It's the worst impulses of distortion and metal screech combined into the tiniest. I just hate it. And then my second is, boy, is that a song about white privilege? <laughs> Let's drive around and let the cops chase us. Like, yeah, I remember hearing that at the time. I'm like, yeah, you know, because it's like a cartoon. Like, you pop it in and out of 7-Elevens, and the cops are like, boppity, 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 boppity. And you're like, oh, got to run. Like, hey. that is a really, really funny lyric. Hey, copper. Um, wait, who starts that 90s? Just, is it? Is I don't it know. Starting that? I don't know. I think, it, I think it's when punk... At going mainstream with metal, like metal was the metal's what everybody listened to in the eighties, unless you were a punk rocker. And then Nirvana cuts through with a more punk rock guitar, and I think those two things smash together and become quote unquote alternative rock. But alternative rock now to me just sounds like yeah, shitty guitar tone. I like that song too. I like that song. I like the melody. I was enjoying it, and but I was like that second guitar came in to kick it up a notch, and I was like, ugh. Terrible sound. You guys like uh, social distortion? Yeah, maybe a little bit. That's good. That's right. In our college, do you agree, Ben, or does it? Am I? Is that just like a particular irritation for me? So the um, this is still in the transitional period where it doesn't bother me as bad. It's not like corn. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that that sound eventually gets boiled down even farther to be even more annoying. Um, but I, but I disagree with you. Also, I don't like that song. <laughs> I always thought it was um, it was like Mr. Jones's dumb cousin. It's the same song, yeah. basically. But yeah. Mr. Jones is a version of this, just much smarter. You know what I heard um, yesterday on the radio was John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band uh, with their stupid Bruce Springsteen. Can we just have a timeout? What radio yeah. station are you listening to? I, I was, it was John Cafferty comes just comes on. Classic rock station. But I was like. This is the most insane song. Like, that's that's a Bruce Springsteen song. Like, it's a bad Bruce Springsteen song. And then it's the actually song, a bad John Cougar Mellencamp song. Song. It's R O C K in the USA. Exactly. Well, I've already told my kids about Indiana Bruce Springsteen and Can Canadian Bruce Springsteen. I didn't have the heart to tell them about Rhode Island Bruce Springsteen. Do you know where the concert footage in Eddie and the Cruisers was filmed by any chance? I got. Don't tell me Mill Valley. No, even better. Haverford College. That's Founders <laughs> Hall. The is the concert true? footage of the Eddie oh. Cruiser show in that is found. It's and once you know that, you just die laughing. You got to check it out on YouTube, Ben. Oh, that's it's, uh, well, the really funny thing is that you and I have also played there. That's yeah, I know. <laughs> that's <not a> good <laughs> song. Eddie and the Cruisers and you guys. Hey, uh, upstairs. Young Patrick playing is playing a Synsonics Pro Series. Nice. All right. 
it's when yellow. the money starts to flow in from this oh. podcast, which the guys in marketing tell me is any minute, we're going to buy that boy a, uh, a fender so he can really crank it up. Okay. Let's start used um, until he like puts in serious hours. Okay. All right, gentlemen. Good times in the Southwest. Oh, wait, Jeff Simons, who's our artist in residence? Our artist in residence is my dear friend, Brad Brooks. Brad and I have known each other for uh, uh, something like 16 years now. He's a Bay Area-based singer-songwriter. He's one of the best front men ever. He actually just toured singing lead with the MC5 with Wayne Kramer, the original guitar player. Um, he is a solo artist in his own right. You should check him out on Spotify. His most recent record, God Save the City, is a powerful indictment of uh, the have and have not experience of living in the Bay Area. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to back the boy up on bass at a number of shows. He's a uh, he he's from? an old running buddy, but he is from Tucson, Let's Arizona go. and cut Ooh. his teeth in the Tucson, Arizona punk rock scene. So he has some good stories. He has a hilarious story about uh, when he was a UPS guy delivering an Uzi to Lee Marvin's ranch. So okay, that's terrifying. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It's great. There's actually a song in his record called Lee Marvin's Uzi, which is <laughs> it's autobiographical and really great. So. <laughs> All right, fellas. Good times tonight. I will see you later. Well done, y'all. Everybody take care. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast Networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. If you're a working professional wondering what's next for your career, you've come to the right place. Whether you're looking for a promotion, growth, or a potential career transition, look no further. With over 30 years working in a variety of industries, I share my insider knowledge with those ready to get ahead on Career Advancement with Craig Ansell. Tune in to get your strategies for success.